Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is a very tired Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, uh, bringing you this weekly podcast on practical issues related to ministry leadership. I'm tired because I have just finished a few hours ago the meeting of the Southern Baptist Convention this summer in Birmingham, Alabama. And so this morning on the podcast, what I'd like to do is uh, give you uh, an immediate reaction to what happened in Birmingham, give you some perspective on it, and of course encourage you, if you were not able to attend, to go to sbc.net, the website of the Southern Baptist Convention, and take a look at any of the aspects of the convention that most interest you by watching the video uh, of that uh, event. So I'd like to talk about about five or six different aspects of the convention. Uh, Again, just offering some perspective and perhaps some uh, additional information. If you've never been to one of these meetings or if you haven't been in a long time, uh, it can be a foreboding, kind of a overwhelming experience to go. There's so many people and so much activity and and so many things that happen that really seem uh, really uh, are difficult or or hard to manage because you just don't know how the whole process works. So let me see if I can talk about a little bit today and uh, give some both reflection and instruction about the Southern Baptist Convention. First of all, the theme this year was gospel above all. Now the theme of the Southern Baptist Convention is generally set by the president. And that's one of the things that uh, the president has the privilege of doing each year is is to uh, give the convention some direction by how he selects a theme and how he shapes the program. Now, of course, the program is put together by a group called the Order of Business Committee, and the program itself is then adopted by the convention. So the president doesn't have a complete and final say, but he does have a very significant influence on the theme. So J.D. Greer is our president. He's a pastor of a very large church in North Carolina, and he selected the theme gospel above all. And I would like to uh, just uh, uh, give J.D. Uh, accolades or encouragement or whatever I can give him this morning because I thought it was a great theme. And, and I really thought that both in his tone of leading the meeting and the things he said in the meeting, his message to the convention when he preached at the meeting, and then even more than all of that, uh, the order of the business really reinforced gospel above all. Uh, the, the, the gospel and our work as Southern Baptists was really front-loaded into the meeting on the first day, and some of the uh, cultural issues and public issues that we're dealing with were all put into the second day. And even by the structuring of the program, the theme of gospel above all was evident. So I, I give uh, President Greer high marks for both his selection of a theme Uh, the way he uh, helped organize the program to support the theme, the things he said during the meeting that supported his theme, and then, of course, his message that he preached on the theme itself. So congratulations to President Greer for a good job on that. Uh, It does really capture what the Southern Baptist Convention is mostly about, and that is we're about the gospel, and we're about getting the gospel to as many people as possible. Which leads me to the second thing I want to say, and that is the most important aspect of the convention, as far as I'm concerned, is the International Mission Board's uh, report to the convention, its presentation to the convention, and then its other ancillary events that go on around the convention event itself. So let me talk about all three of those, because I was able to to attend and participate in all three of them, uh, as any other Southern Baptist would, just a person out there experiencing Uh, what's coming in terms of information and inspiration from the platform. The first event that I attended for the International Mission Board was their banquet uh, on Monday evening. They have a major banquet. I would say that there must have been, 
I, there might have been 2,000 people there. It's a huge banquet event. Um, and it's a, it has a very, very powerful program that goes on for about 45 minutes uh, of the banquet. And it features uh, missions, and it features missionaries, and it features themes, and it features the work that IMB is doing. And a particular focus for this year's banquet was on reaching the deaf, our deaf evangelism and church planting all around the world. I honestly am embarrassed to say that I, I never really thought about the deaf as a people group, but there are, according to the International Mission Board presentation, 70 million uh, deaf people in the world, and uh, they're challenging to reach because they're not concentrated in one location. Uh, they're scattered throughout all the peoples and people groups of the world, and so uh, that banquet event was highlighting uh, the ministry that's being done all around the world to uh, the deaf. And quite frankly, it, it gripped my heart. I, I was moved by it and uh, touched deeply by what I saw presented in that program. Uh, a second aspect of that program was seeing Dr. Paul Chitwood, the new president of the International Mission Board, uh, up in front and giving leadership. And I have to tell you, he is a tremendous blessing from God to Southern Baptist right now. He is uh, winsome. He is without guile. Uh, he is genuine. Uh, he is a, a mature and clear thinker uh, who has a good grasp on organizational leadership and really pulsates with the mission of the gospel. I, I, was, in, I was very impressed. Uh, in fact, so much so that in the middle of the program, I actually turned to my wife and just kind of whispered, it is so good to see God using him in leadership. And it is good. And it was a really great event. Then the next day, uh, the International Mission Board was given a featured spot on the program um, the afternoon of the first session. They had uh, two aspects of their program which are required and which are a part of what they do for us each year. The first is their report. Now, the International Mission Board, like every entity, including Gateway Seminary, must give a report to the convention, and we do that in two ways. First of all, we provide a written report that's published in something called the Book of Reports. And then secondarily, uh, the entity president, in this case, Paul Chitwood from the IMB, uh, gives a, about an eight to ten minute verbal report to the convention in which he highlights different aspects of the work or tries to answer particular questions that may be brewing um, you know, about the work or any issues that have come up or problems that he wants to address. And then as a part of that, he has to field questions from the floor uh, from the messengers. And this year there were over 8,000 messengers registered, and any one of them, any one of them, can stand up at a microphone and ask anything they want, and uh, every one of us who's an entity president gets to answer those questions. So uh, Dr. Chitwood gave his report, and there were no questions that I remember, but uh, after the report, then they move into the presentation time. And this presentation time is about a 45-minute opportunity for the International Mission Board to, to put before Southern Baptists what it's doing around the world and to invite Southern Baptists to participate in the work of international missions. And uh, this year, uh, once again, as they frequently do at the convention, they featured a commissioning service for new missionaries. And so I believe there were 26 missionary units, meaning either a single person or a couple, 26 units that were introduced to the convention. They each one get to give just about a three or four sentence testimony of who they are and how God called them and where they're going. And you might think, well, you can't get that much into that few words. Yes, you can. It's amazing how powerful these very brief statements are as they interweave them through the presentation. And then as a part of the presentation, and I'm, you know, I get a little choked up just even talking about the podcast. 
they they have a uh, they dim the lights in the arena, and then these twenty six missionaries came walking out into the arena carrying these standards that have the place in the world where they're going, and their the standards are lit from the inside, and so you have these columns of light walking into the arena uh, with you know about eight to ten thousand people sitting there, uh, music playing, these missionaries walking in, and Dr. Chitwood talking about them going to the nations and then inviting Southern Baptists to get up and move to pray around these uh, missionaries and. Man, it was you know I, I I go every year and I tell myself every year I'm not going to do this, but I do it every year. I stand there with just tears streaming down my cheeks because that's really what it means to be a Southern Baptist. It's not about social media. It's not about politics. It's not about fighting over doctrine. It's not about arguing with each other over personality cults. It's it's just not about those things for me. Uh, what it really means to me to be a Southern Baptist is that I work with millions of other Christians in a combined cooperative effort uh, to get the gospel to as many people in this world as possible. And when I see that International Mission Board presentation, uh, it, it always touches me. And this year, in, in a really profound and deep way, uh, it, it moved me. Uh, perhaps it's because I've committed myself to going on the uh, on Gateway's international trip this summer uh, to Southeast Asia, and I'm leaving in just a day or two. And I'm going to be spending days uh, doing street evangelism and then uh, leading a pastor's training. Um, I'm, I'm going because I, I want to experience the culture where I'm headed. I've never been there before. I'm going because I want to share the gospel in a context I've never tried before, and I want to learn about that. And I'm going because I want to impact students and have an opportunity to mentor them and encourage them and, and uh, be uh, more personally connected to them than I typically am with students because of you know, my job demands and the things that I normally am required to do here. But because of all those factors, perhaps, the International Mission Board report was uh, particularly meaningful and particularly powerful to me this year. So uh, the IMB hit a home run. They had a fantastic banquet on Monday night, a tremendous uh, and well-received presentation on Tuesday afternoon, and then their report to the convention uh, just illustrated again what good hands were in with good leadership there at the board. Now, the North American Mission Board also had a prominent uh, place of presentation and report, and they did the same thing. Uh, they did a wonderful job also of presenting the need of getting the gospel across our nation. They highlighted, of course, their church planting and the church planting work and all that goes on about that. And it was uh, also extremely well done, and I was proud of uh, Dr. Kevin Ezell and those who participated in that report also. They also hosted a luncheon on Monday before the convention. And this luncheon has turned into a real highlight uh, for the convention because uh, they do a couple of things that aren't typically associated with SBC meetings. Number one, they do so they try to do something in the meeting that's that's just funny, and and really gives an opportunity to kind of uh, uh, have a different perspective on the leaders of the SBC or the people of the SBC or just or just what goes on in the SBC. And this year, the four uh, new entity heads, uh, and I'll talk about them in more in just a minute, but the four new presidents that have been elected by different entities were on the stage, and, and Dr. Ezell just interviewed them, but it wasn't the interview like, you know, what do you plan to do in your entity? It was the first question was, have any of you ever been arrested? And actually, two of them raised their hands. And then they told those stories. And, you know, one of them uh, had a pretty rough and uh, difficult teenage years and, and made some mistakes along the way. And so he told about that. Of course, it's long enough in hindsight now that it, it's, it's, it's kind of comical what happened and how he got in trouble. But nevertheless, that kind of ice-breaking type experience was, was really good. And then the second thing Nam does at that luncheon 
is every year they feature some person related to North American missions and some category of people and, and give them some significant gift or some significant blessing. And this year, they featured a bivocational pastor from Alabama. He works in the machine shop at the University of Alabama. He pastors a church, uh, and he also has two special needs children. Uh, they told their story of their family, how he pastors the church, how he works a full-time job, how he and his wife care for their children. Uh, he talked about the struggle they've had of finally, after many years of marriage uh, and having to uh, spend significant resources on their children, they were able to save up enough money that four years ago they were able to move out of a mobile home and into a, a home, uh, a, a built home that they were able to purchase. And they talked about... Uh, what that meant in their lives, and just about their children, and uh, just all the things that go in their life. And they were just such a, such a, a powerful story of their lives and their devotion to Jesus and their, their care for uh, these two children and, and what that's meant in their lives and how grateful they are that God gave them that privilege. And so after hearing their story and interviewing them and talking about what they had accomplished, uh, the North American Mission Board, uh, through some private donors that they use for this kind of purpose, uh, said on behalf of Southern Baptists, we want you to know that we believe in bivocational pastors and we believe in what you've done in raising your children in your church and your ministry. And we appreciate your struggle to get into your home, but we want you to know that after today, uh, the home is yours. The North American Mission Board is, on behalf of Southern Baptist, is paying off your mortgage. And so they paid off the mortgage. And of course, uh, you know, thousands of people at this luncheon just, uh, you know, tears and laughter and applause and celebration. And you may say, well, you know, the North American Mission Board can't do that for everyone. No, they can't, but they can do it for one person. And I'm grateful that they did it because uh, this brother's story is compelling. It's an overwhelmingly moving story, and he deserved everything he got and 10 times more. So uh, Nam did also a great job at the convention. Now, another thing I've already mentioned was the uh, number of new entity heads that were a part of the convention this year. Really, there are four. Uh, Dr. Ronnie Floyd's the new president of the executive committee. Uh, Dr. Adam Greenway is the new president at Southwestern Seminary. Dr. Jamie Dew, the new president at New Orleans Seminary. And, of course, Dr. Paul Chitwood, the new president of the International Mission Board. And I would say that in all four of these cases, uh, these men were well-received by the convention. They were uh, appropriate in all of their comments. It was evident in every way that they're off to a great start in each of their locations. And it was, a, uh, it was exciting to me to see how God is moving the convention forward with new leadership. Now, let me just step behind the scenes for a second and say that uh, as an SBC leader, you know, I get involved in the behind-the-scenes workings of the Southern Baptist Convention, and I know people say, oh, it's all politics, and it's all, you know, smoke-filled rooms, and it's all manipulation, and it's none of that, okay? Uh, yes, there are people that have meetings that talk about the direction we're supposed to be going, and that is our job. We're charged with giving leadership, and so we do that. Uh, but in this past uh, year or so, I've been involved in, in one way or the other with all five of these search processes that have been going on, the four I've already mentioned, plus LifeWay. I've had opportunity to uh, consult with the search teams or give recommendations of candidates to be a reference for different people who've been considered. Uh, and I will tell you that these processes are, are uh, challenging. They can be convoluted. But at the core of them, they're prayerful, they're prayerfully done, and they're spiritually focused. And the people who are leading these processes are, are good Baptists, rank-and-file Baptists, uh, you know, grassroots Baptists who want the right thing. And so I've watched in every one of these cases, while the committees sometimes meandered and wandered and went from this per person to that person, from this, uh, this place to that place, they all got to where they needed to be ultimately. 
And I just thank God that he supervised these processes and got us these new leaders. And I'm delighted, delighted to get to work with these four men. And I am hearing uh, that Lifeway Christian Resources uh, is going to announce a candidate for their presidency very soon, for which I'm grateful. Uh, I, I don't know who it is, but uh, I, we have been informed that they're going to be announcing someone soon, and so we're grateful for that. And then uh, the next thing that I want to talk about is related to diversity in the SBC, and that is that this is a big issue. And it's not just a big issue for people to talk about, but it's a big issue for something to be done about generating more diversity in the SBC, meaning more people of color, more women involved in leadership. So if you went through the program this year, you will see that... Uh, uh, that we are getting better and better at including a lot of different voices and a lot of different faces and a lot of different uh, positions and perspectives uh, in the program. Now, you can always go through and do your own evaluation and say, well, what about this category? And you'll find that, well, maybe that category wasn't as strongly represented as it should have been. But nevertheless, the convention is working hard and the leadership is working very intentionally to raise the level of diversity in the convention program itself. A second aspect of this was the election of officers, where once again this year we elected a diverse slate of officers to serve us. And third, uh, another way this is expressed is in the committee work, which chooses the people who actually lead the entities of the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, the president appoints something called the Committee on Committees, and the Committee on Committees then selects something called the Committee on Nominations, and the Committee on Nominations then selects all the trustees for all the Southern Baptist agencies and recommends them to the convention meeting and they get voted on at that place. This year, there are record numbers of uh, non-Anglo white men, <laughs> or non-Anglo males, I should say, uh, on the various committees and trustee boards of the Southern Baptist Convention. So uh, this effort at increasing our diversity is working. It's not just rhetoric. It's not just preaching. It's not just talking. It's really showing up in more and more and more people being elevated to more and more and more leadership responsibilities uh, in the convention. Now, another uh, aspect of the convention that was, of course, very significant and talked about a lot before the meeting was the uh, issue of sexual abuse. And it did have a featured part at the convention. Now, the convention lasts for two days, and it was mentioned on the first day. Uh, it was mentioned in uh, President Greer's message. It was mentioned in a couple of the reports that were given. Uh, but it was really featured in the, on the second day as part of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission report and then uh, as a report from President Greer on the work of the Presidential Advisory Task Force that he appointed to assist him with developing a set of recommendations that Southern Baptist churches and organizations could implement to uh, improve our uh, care for people who've been victimized and our prevention of future sexual abuse in churches and ministry organizations. Uh, while the report uh, obviously had questions raised and there was some debate about different aspects, um, it, it was uh, overwhelmingly embraced by the convention every time a vote came up that had to do with the constitutional changes, the bylaws changes, the report itself. While there was always discussion, uh, motions to amend, uh, adjustments that could be made, changes that people wanted, while all of that was true, uh, all, ultimately none of it uh, none of those changes were adopted, and the the, the recommendations were uh, put into uh, were adopted, and will will be put into action. So, all in all, uh, that went uh, about as well as it could, given the 
a highly charged emotional context in which that issue is usually discussed. The fact that the Southern Baptist Convention, the largest parliamentary deliberative body in the world, with 8,000 people there ready to vote, uh, and any one of them able to go to a microphone and speak, the fact that we were able to do something about this issue with as much unity as we demonstrated really was remarkable. Well, uh, another thing I'll mention is just the business sessions themselves. You know, uh, while there's a lot of preaching and singing and reporting and pres presentations at the convention, uh, there is really only one reason that we have the Southern Baptist Convention every summer, and that is we are legally required to do so uh, under Georgia law. Uh, the Southern Baptist Convention is a, is a um, uh, corporation chartered in the state of Georgia in 1845, and we're required uh, to have a meeting every year and to do things like adopt a budget and to... Uh, manage the Constitution and bylaws and any changes that are necessary and to elect the people to lead and to put into the offices that are required to maintain the work of the convention. And so the convention business sessions are not just something that we have to, quote, get out of the way. They're the whole reason we meet. They are the legal reason there is a Southern Baptist Convention meeting. And all the other stuff that goes on around the convention is helpful. It's enjoyable. Uh, it, it's informational. It's even inspiring. But it's not necessary. Now, that's the important and hard reality to remember. The Southern Baptist Convention, at its heart, the meeting itself every summer is a business meeting. It's like a giant board meeting, if you will, where the Southern Baptist Convention comes together and charts the course of its combined work and efforts. The business sessions this year were very normal. Uh, at every one of the opportunities for new motions to be presented, different people came forward and moved different things. Uh, some of the motions were well re were received by the convention. Some were denied by the convention. Um, many of the motions that were received are referred to various entities, and Gateway Seminary will get some of those referrals, and we'll have to make response to what the convention has asked us to do. Um, you say, well, why doesn't the convention, why don't the messengers get to make motions and, and have discussion and vote on things right there? Because that would be chaotic and would introduce so much dysfunction into the Southern Baptist Convention, it would be unmanageable. So the convention, in its wisdom, decided decades ago uh, to move away from that model and instead move to a delegated model of authority where the convention selects trustees and the trustees bore down into the details of every entity and lead that entity in the best way possible. Uh, the International Mission Board is not the same kind of organization as Gateway Seminary. We're not in the same states. We're not operating under the same state laws. And so we have to have trustees who understand our work, what we're trying to accomplish, the context in which we're doing it, and how to lead us forward effectively. So when the convention has its business session, and people get up and make motions for the convention to do something, in almost every case, those motions are received, and if they're received and, and found to be in order, they're moved on to, to the entities for some kind of response. And frankly, we have the freedom as an entity to read a motion from the convention that was referred to us and say, we won't do it or we can't do it. But most of the time, we try to give a positive response and get at the core of what the person wanted us to do and give them either the information or the action they're requesting. And so the business sessions were uh, largely routine, uh, very typical in that there were motions made and seconds or motions made and amendments proposed and votes taken. And, and in, in every case that I'm aware, and I, I wasn't in the room for every single decision because I have so many other demands on my time at the convention, but I was there for almost all of them. 
Um, as far as I know, uh, what happened, what was proposed from the platform was ultimately what the convention did in, in every business matter. Now you may say, well, that's because they just ramrod things through or they railroad things through, and that's just not the case. Listen, the 8,000 people who come to the Southern Baptist Convention as messengers, they come with a propensity, if you will, to support the platform. Uh, they, they don't come with an antagonistic spirit. Most of them are pastors or leaders in their churches, and they know what it's like to try to lead. And so they come with a deference to the platform to say, these are our leaders. They have been working on these recommendations for months. They've been vetted by dozens and dozens of people prior to bringing brought forward. They've been looked at also by convention attorneys and by uh, convention parliamentarians and by people who've had uh, time and uh, to reflect on and to really refine what's being brought forward. And so when people come to the convention, for the most part, they come with a with a propensity or a perspective that I'm going to lean towards supporting what comes from the platform, what's recommended, uh, what's uh, suggested, uh, what's directed. They're going to try to support that. And occasionally, something happens from someone on the platform that's just not right. And the convention recognizes it very quickly and takes a very firm action. Uh, so those of us who find ourselves on the platform don't go there fearing what the convention will do to us. Uh, we go there expecting to be held accountable for our work and being willing to receive questions and motions that may come from the floor, from the messengers, but at the same time recognizing that most of the people who come uh, really believe that the process works, and if it's allowed to work fully, it will bring us to ultimately where we need to be. Now, does everyone leave happy every year? <laughs> 8,000 Baptists leaving happy from a meeting? Not likely. But everyone leaves satisfied that the best we could do was done, or that at least the will of the convention, uh, as expressed by those messengers, was fulfilled, and we can go forward together. Well, finally, I just mentioned a word about Gateway. We had a good convention also. I gave our report on uh, Wednesday morning. You can go online and look at that. Uh, I was, uh, had two interesting moments in my report. One, I, I made a statement that some people told me later was my mic drop moment. Um, I was talking about the diversity the Southern Baptist Convention is trying to achieve, and I said we've been more than 50% non-Anglo for more than 25 or 30 years, and uh, you're trying to get where we've been for two decades. And when I said that, there was a huge response, a positive response from the audience. And then the second thing I said was describing our Facebook uh, fiasco earlier this year when we were labeled a hate group. Uh, I, may, I was explaining that to the convention, and then I turned and said, given the controversy that some of my presidential colleagues, and I pointed back to the other five seminary presidents who were seated on the stage with me, I said, given the controversy some of these other colleagues generate on a daily basis, I'm surprised I'm the one who got singled out as a hate group, and the whole convention burst out in laughter. So it was a pretty good, fun report for me, and I was glad to give it. But uh, I received no questions from the floor, and uh, the messengers are, I think, pretty satisfied with Gateway Seminary. We then went from that experience into our uh, annual National Alumni and Friends Luncheon, which we always have on Wednesday of the convention. All the seminaries do that. Uh, we had about 130 to 140 attend, which is great for us in Birmingham. That's a long way from the West Coast. So we had a really good attendance. We were able to recognize our two uh, National Distinguished Alumni of the Year, uh, Mark Wyatt, uh, Dr. Mark Wyatt, the director of, uh, Vice President, excuse me, for uh, Communications at California Baptist University, and Kelly King, the National Director of Women's Ministries for Lifeway Christian Resources. We were able to recognize these two 
uh, for their fantastic contribution to the kingdom of God and the way they represent Gateway uh, where they serve. So uh, it was good times, good convention. Uh, you'll read a lot of other stuff in media about it. Just take it all carefully because secular media have their own agendas. But if you really want to know what happened to the convention, uh, go back to the website, sbc.net, log on, take a look at some different sections of the convention, different reports. Uh, you know, watch as much of it as interests you, and you'll get a good flavor for what happened at the SBC. Hey, it's important to understand how our denomination works. We're all in this together as we lead on.